listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or the World Watch List, you can visit our website at opendoorscanada.org. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. I'm Nicolette, this is Jared, and this is the podcast that aims to inform you about the persecuted church around the world and to help you pray for them. Yep, and this week we are back with another deep dive onto a country, into a country on the World Watch list, one that kind of feels like we're overdue for a conversation about. So we've talked about China on the podcast before. Um, if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, um, maybe you remember some conversations we've had, but it has been a while. Um, when it comes to the persecuted church, China is a significant name, um, in part because it's one of the most difficult places to be a Christian, um, but also because it's just such a major player on the world stage. China mm-hmm. is often like at the forefront of the global conversation, and its economic power um, means that it has an impact on our lives and our culture in many different ways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's important to talk about. It's funny, we, at least in my experience, we talk about, hey, we're open doors, you know, we work with the persecuted church around the world. Mm-hmm. I've often found that China is like the first country that pops into people's heads. Yeah. Um, I've had people uh, ask if it's the number one or, you know, number two or three country on the world watch list. Mm-hmm. I uh, assume it's probably because, like we just said, it's China is just really at the forefront of people's minds yeah. and it's just sort of the first country that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, it's actually not number one on the world watch list. It doesn't even crack the top 10. No. 2023, China landed at number 16 on the world watch list. Yeah, which is still not great. No, it's it's very not great. Uh, so China is listed as very high levels of persecution. Mm-hmm. It's um, 77 persecution points out of 100. Yeah, um, and it's getting worse. It is getting worse. Uh, we recently got a report from our partners in China Uh, telling us about uh, this Chinese kindergarten class. Um, It seems that they asked the parents to sign this document in which parents uh, are promising that they do not hold a religious belief, do not participate in any religious activities, do not propagate and disseminate religion in any locations. So um, this is a this is one example. This is just one instance, and we don't want to give the idea that this is happening in every school across China. Um, but the fact that it is happening to this one class um, is reflective of the government's growing restrictions yeah. against religion. Yeah, the fact is the situation for Christians in China has gotten worse over the last number of years, and mm-hmm. a story like this is a symptom of a larger issue. Yeah. So today we want to talk about what it's like to be a Christian in China today Mm -hmm. and how we can be praying for the Chinese church. Um, But before that, we want to give you some context and talk a bit about how Christianity in China got to where it is today. Um, Because it's important to emphasize just how ancient the roots of Christianity are. Yeah, it's true. It's, um, It's time for my favorite thing. Summarizing thousands of years of history in... Two minutes, so this will be drastically oversimplified. Uh, But Christianity in China goes back to at least the year 635 CE, when the missionary Alopen arrived in China carrying sacred texts and images 
from uh, his, his church in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. um, here's an interesting fact. I say Christianity goes back at least to the year 635. That's the first concrete evidence. There's images dating to uh, 80, like eight or 85 or something like that. Um, art, artwork in tombs in China that have images of, uh, of Middle Eastern inspired Bible stories that wow. seem to imply that, uh, you know, there was a persecution in Jerusalem in, in around 70 um, and leading to dispersion of Christians around the world. There is some archaeological evidence to indicate they made it as far as China. That's but amazing. in the hundreds of years following that, China was more or less separated from the West um, for various reasons. Yeah. Concrete evidence that we have that Christianity arrived in 635. Mm -hmm. um, I find that really interesting. Really? Uh, so Alupen is a missionary who arrived in China and was apparently received favorably at the court of the emperor uh, Taizong. And this is all recorded in what's called the Qian Stele, which is a rock inscription from the year 751, or 781, excuse me, so 150 years after the arrival of Alapen, chronicling the start and the history of the Christianity in China to that point. Mm -hmm. So Taizong, the emperor of China, was apparently a scholar, uh, someone who appreciated learning and knowledge, including religion, and he allowed for these sacred texts uh, about this new religion called Christianity that Alapen brought to be translated into Chinese. He eventually, the emperor allowed for the establishment of the first Chinese Christian churches. So 635 uh, uh, CE, uh, around there. So absolutely ancient roots, 1,500 years ago. Yeah, it's, that's an incredible, like, rich history. Not all yeah. the countries can say that they have Christian roots that far back. See, I like to emphasize that for so many countries on the world watch list, because yeah. we think... Um, what often happens is Christianity gets labeled as, you know, a foreign religion or it, it doesn't have a place here or yeah. something like that. When in fact, it, it like, it has a place. It, yeah. It's been there for centuries. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And I love that you've been bringing that into yeah. the background. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so almost 1,500 years of history, of Christian history yeah. in China. Um, but unfortunately, it's not like Christianity's been... Thriving. No, no, and far from yeah. it. Uh, yeah, so the first Chinese church is established way back then. Mm -hmm. um, as emperors come and go and various rulers, like various waves of persecution and tolerance and whatnot happen. Yeah. When what's called the Ming Dynasty was established, uh, they seem to have put a lot of pressure on certain religions and beliefs that didn't align with their own ideology, and that included Christianity. By the time uh, the Ming Dynasty ended, around the 16th century, it seems that most, um, uh, mo most expressions of Christianity had been wiped out. There's very little evidence to say that Christianity was still there. Mm -hmm. um, but around the 16th century, when the Ming Dynasty collapsed, uh, Jesuit missionaries arrived from Europe um, and began to establish new Christian communities. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I mentioned that today, Christians can in China and other countries can draw on years of history. But what's cool about uh, the 1600s in China was they discovered the Qian Stele, which is that rock inscription that chronicled the history of Christianity. And so uh, 500 years ago, Christians in China realized their faith was ancient. Like, and so they had the same feeling where they can say, oh, this new faith that we have isn't new. It's actually, it's, it's ancient roots. And, and, you know, I would suggest that the modern Chinese church can feel the same way, that 
their, their faith does go back this far and they can draw on the faith of people who came before them and, and uh, churches that came before them. But um, uh, following World War II, after um, a couple hundred years of you know, global communication growing and, and travel growing meant that China was more exposed to the rest of the world and Christian influence grew. Post-World War II, this was the establishment of the Chinese Communist Party, um, the rise of Mao Zedong and the, what became known as the Cultural Revolution. And what happened was uh, religions, certain religions were legal, allowed to be practiced, as long as they uh, allowed themselves to be regulated by the state. Um, and this was the birth of uh, what is now called the Three Self Patriotic Movement. Right. So, of course, this is a simplification of years yes. of history. There's yeah. so much more to go into, yeah. but, you know, but I think we only have so much time. A great taste yes. of like, just the years. And um, I'm sure it's so encouraging for our brothers and sisters to know just how, how much Christianity has been rooted in their history yeah, all it's through the years. So yeah. it's. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but back to the, the movement that Jared was talking about. The Three Self-Patriotic Movement remains the official branch of the Protestant Christian Church in China. It's the precedent that religion has to be submitted to government regulation, and it has continued, and it's become even worse in recent years, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah specifically 2018. Right, so in, in 2018, the government began to really crack down on Christianity. President Xi Jinping has increased the regulations against religious practice, um, and this includes greater monitoring of churches and restrictions on church attendance. Specifically, he made it illegal for youth under 18 to um, attend churches or religious yeah. gatherings. Um, and there's also been increased surveillance which is what we call digital persecution, which you might remember from um, our World Watch release event back in uh, January when we talked about digital persecution and what it can look like. Um, but inter internet monitoring has meant that online gatherings for Christians outside of regulated churches has become more difficult. Yeah, yeah. although it doesn't mean that that has stopped the church from growing. No, absolutely not. Um, we actually had a report recently from one of our local partners. Um, he was able to visit this secret gathering of Christian youth in China um, where they were having a three-day underground prayer camp where youth came together and fellowship and they prayed for each other. Mm -hmm. And underground in the metaphorical sense yeah. of secret. Yeah, not yeah. literally underground. Yeah, I do have a quote from the partner here. Uh, yeah, quote, these young believers spent time to worship and to pray for their country, their family members, and other non-believers for their salvation in Christ. It was very powerful. I can feel the presence of the Lord. Some are orphans, while others were rejected by their families because of their faith. They were hugging each other at the end of the camp. It was one of the most incredible moments I have seen. Yeah, that's, that just oh. sounds like such a beautiful time that they had together. And um, it's worth mentioning that um, the Chinese church has a special place in your heart, right, Jared? Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, I've talked about this on the podcast before. So if it's old news, I apologize. But, uh, yeah, so one of the most formative spiritual experiences of my own life was the opportunity to visit and worship with the Chinese persecuted church. Uh, this was a number of years ago. This was actually long before I'd even heard of Open Doors, so mm -hmm. completely unrelated to anything Open Doors does. But 
Um, yeah, I had the chance to spend a summer in China teaching English, and I lived with a family, a Christian family from North America that were full-time English teachers. And I had the chance to see how Christianity is practiced in China firsthand. It was real neat. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, was this before 2018 when the government started yeah. to crack down? Yeah, so this was at least a, a little easier to be a Christian in China at the time. Sure. Um, Actually, the family that I, I stayed with has had to leave China since then because of the restrictions like that. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a chance. But uh, yeah, I, so I was able to visit one of the three self-patriotic churches, um, a regulated Christian church that was legal. I also participated in a worship service that was less legal. Um, okay. <laughs> it, uh, it, it was real beautiful. So... Um, yeah, let me let me choose words carefully here. Uh, so, in, in this in this church building, the, the legal church building, um, on a Sunday morning, what happened was, I, I don't know because I obviously I didn't speak the language uh, nearly fluent enough to understand everything. But um, they don't have they didn't at this in this church have regular every week Sunday services. So it was something of a special occasion. Um, this was out in the rural areas of China, so not anywhere close to Shanghai or, or Beijing or any of the big cities. It was way out in the countryside um, where you would think there'd be very few Christians. Um, but this uh, Sunday service had people coming from all around. We were in the mountains and people coming for two hours by horse-drawn cart through the mountains to spend a Sunday morning at church. Um, and... Uh, people from various uh, ethnic ethnic groups, ethnic minorities, um, they were all there and they, it was funny, during the service, one thing that they did together was each ethnic group got up and sang a traditional song oh, of, okay. from, their, from their people group. And sometimes it was one person just singing by himself and other times it was just a group coming up to sing a song. Yeah. And then they said they wanted the the Canadian to, oh. to sing a song. So oh, I did. Well. Yep. Um, I forget. This is the day the Lord has made or something like that. Yeah. I forget. Um, yeah. That's pretty fun. That's not something you would do at a North American church, but um, it was great. We had communion together using tea and rice cakes because mm -hmm. that's what they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. We sang together. We, we had a sermon. I didn't understand everything, but it was still, it was real neat. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, I also had the chance to visit a, a different service that took place again, way out in, in the mountains, really rural. Um, the, the Christians there brought me and, and a couple others in via a van with the lights off uh, at, at night so that okay. <laughs> there wouldn't be anyone uh, talking. And we met in someone's house and again, sang and prayed and I got to talk with people who had just lived there in the mountains of China their whole life working the rice fields. Um, and the cool thing about that was every possible obstacle you could think of to the gospel was present there. Like, um, I, I don't have the first clue how these people heard about Jesus. Like, yeah. there's, there's political opposition, there's, uh, there's uh, geographic difficulties in terms of going through the mountains into rural China. And, yeah, and, um, yeah I, I have no idea. And yet there's a Christian community there that took the chance to meet together and, and worship together um, at night. And it was real cool. It was amazing. Yeah. 
I began to feel convicted about my own feelings about church just because it's like it's something you can take for granted so much. Um, but the fact is, these people love Jesus. And they, even though they're in a situation where there's restrictions and there's oppositions, they simply choose to follow Jesus in their life, day in and day out. And that's a difficult decision, I'm sure, in many ways. Um, who knows how much individual persecution they might endure from family members. Um, but they, they love him, and they want to spend their days worshiping and fellowshipping together as Christians mm -hmm. in this place that they find themselves, even though that's difficult. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, um, one of the things we try to talk about at Open Doors is that it's not, we don't do this ministry just because our persecuted brothers and sisters need our help. No. Like, of course, we no, far from are supposed yeah. to pray for them, and we should do that, and sometimes we support them um, through financial giving and stuff like that. But there's actually so much that they give us. Like, there's so much that we can learn. And it, like, just from you telling the story, it sounds like you were able to learn and you were so oh, blessed yeah. by, by their faith and totally. the way they gathered. Yeah, there was sort of a, you're right, that's sort of like a microcosm of Open Doors ministry because there was a, um, a, a mutual blessing in the sense that I could learn from them and see, man, they have more faith and more uh, willingness to follow Jesus, whatever the cost, something I could only dream of. Um, but in a lot of ways, I think they were glad that, oh, someone from Canada is yeah. is here with us. Like, we're, we're not alone. Um, and we try to make that a priority in Open Doors, where it's like we are together as the body of Christ, mm -hmm. one faith, one family. We need each other. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. This, this story. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, really awesome to hear. And, like, I don't know that I really get to hear about um, a community in rural China and what they're church looks like if it weren't for the story. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. This is unrelated to the persecuted church. Did you see uh, China's no longer the most populous country in the world? Oh, like, yes. As of this week, India yeah. passed it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, yeah, like Saturday or something like that, according to United Nations population projections. Because wow. China was going up and then they've plateaued uh, with um, limited children and things like that. Yeah. yeah, so India passed them like this week. Oh my goodness, Which, that's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> That doesn't necessarily have anything no, to do with persecution, but it's interesting that the global landscape is shifting. Yeah, anyway. that, that's, that's an aside. Back to the church in China. So yeah, um, so yeah, I hope you guys learned something about uh, what Christianity has looked like, not only in present-day China, but also their yeah. history leading up to it. And I hope you um, appreciate like our persecuted family a little bit more, knowing what their story is, you know? Um, so we're gonna we're gonna take some time to pray for our brothers and sisters in China. Jared, would you uh, absolutely lead us in a time of prayer? And um, we hope that you'll pray along with us. Yeah, let's pray. Lord God, we are thankful for the example of our brothers and sisters in a country like China. Thankful for the knowledge that they are choosing each and every day to uh, follow you, to live in a manner worthy of the gospel, despite being in a place where there's opposition to that, where there's existing restrictions. So Lord, we pray in a very general sense that you would bless our brothers and sisters in China, that you would give uh, each individual there who you know intimately, you know and love, give them a special sense of encouragement um, in whichever way each person needs. Lord, we are just so inspired by our brothers and sisters there. 
Lord, we pray that China in general would, in the years to come, begin to lessen restrictions on Christianity and religious freedom. Lord, we pray that uh, right now they're 16th on the world watch list with a score of 77, and we would pray for a miracle that in years to come they would begin to drop down the list and begin to have a lower score. Lord, let that be a tangible thing that we can see in the years to come, a tangible sense of improvement. Lord, we pray that you would glorify your name in China and that the over one billion images of God who live in China would come to know you, Lord, that you would do a mighty work through your Holy Spirit there. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the World Watch Weekly Podcast. We'll see you next week with another episode. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And for more information and more prayer points for persecuted Christians around the world, you can follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada or visit our website, opendoorscanada.org forward slash pray. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.